You're listening to the Missouri Realtors Podcast. Join us as we deliver an in-depth analysis of industry news while speaking with industry experts on their successes and failures. Along the way, we'll also share strategies and practices to help you become a more successful realtor. John, we have an exciting uh, guest with us today. Um, Tammy Cheryl Short is going to be sharing with us her adventures in being able to practice real estate in several locations. Um, so we've got John Mayfield with us and Tammy Cheryl Short. Everybody say hi. Hello. <laughs> and I'm excited too, because I want to find out how she does this. I, I'm super excited. So um, go ahead and share with us, Tammy, like the journey of like where you started real estate and how did you even get into another location? Okay, so interesting story. I grew up in St. Louis, right, and worked for a title insurance company. And then I, did, I got this wild hair. I wanted to move to Branson and kind of start a new business opportunity. So um, was kind of tired of the title business, moved to Branson. My other job prospecting didn't work out real well. Um, I ended up kind of stuck and didn't have a title job anymore. And I wasn't going to open the spa. So I had to go back to what I know, which is, which is real estate. And by then I had moved full time to Branson and um, looked around, looked at everybody that was in the, in the, in the real estate market and decided, you know what, I need to just do this myself because it looks like everybody who's successful is doing it themselves. So just right away kind of started started an office and did that from 2007, survived 2008 and 2009. And by 2012, you know, things were going pretty well. Um, but then roots kind of were drawing me back to St. Louis for a lot of different reasons. Um, my family was there for the most part. And, you know, the market had kind of slowed down a little bit by 2014. And so I thought, you know, I can probably probably keep this going in Branson and um, also practice in St. Louis. So that's kind of how that happened. Wow. So since 2014, 2015, you've been fully practicing in both locations. Correct. I have been and uh, keep a lot of miles on the car and I keep highway 44 pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> so um, is that two different MLSs or do you have to be part of more than two? It is two MLSs. Luckily, it's just two, um, but it is two different sets of forms. So Missouri Realtor forms, I know really well and kind of, you know, cut my teeth on those. And St. Louis was a different animal. So sometimes it's a little confusing, um, but yeah, two, two sets of everything. So I'm curious, did you think at one time, okay, I'll just take my, I'll, I'll start in St. Louis and then close down Branson? Or did you have the intention to just say, why, why not just practice real estate in both areas? So really the intention was, John, to um, eventually kind of wind down Branson because things were winding down a little bit for me in the, during that time frame. But things just started happening again and kept calling me back. And so it's like, you know, I just keep getting drawn back to Branson for one thing or another as far as either a client or realtors who were wanting a home. So tried as I might, I could not really get out of the market altogether. So kind of had a research like 2017, 2018. And then kind of business flopped. I, I got busier personally in, um, in Branson again. 
But you have to remember, I had a big book of business by that point. And as years go by, people start wanting to do something again, you know, six, seven years go down the down and, and the referral business really just started happening. Right. And, and uh, I mean, Branson does seem to have a different type of clientele because you have the lake there and lots of visitors and Airbnbs and different things like that. So I'm sure that it, it's probably a good compliment to be able to do business in a metropolitan area and also someplace like Branson. It really is because I had totally lost sight of people needing loans for homes because in Branson, you get this cash market and I was kind of in a bubble, you know, in a late community and didn't dream about FHA loans for a long time and, and got back to St. Louis and it's like, wow, um, it's really a contrast. So both have, both have strengths and of course weaknesses, but yeah, it's, um, when, when St. Louis is doing well, Branson, you know, does about the same, but when St. Louis slows down, you still have those cash buyers at the lake. Right. How would you um, say you, whether organically or just because it happens that way, you structure your time um, to make sure you're focused on, on different areas? Does your lead generation continue in both areas? Kind of fill me in on that, because that's always, I think, the question that people have is, how do I, how do, I do both? Right. Yeah. And, and other than time being the biggest factor, um, I grew my business in Branson organically, no doubt about it, and didn't even buy leads for a very long time. Now, as the office has grown, we have we have augmented with some leads, you know, generation. St. Louis has always been sort of that market where we, we depend on leads to sort of get get some of those people in the door. Um, so I tend to be in Branson probably two and a half weeks out of the month as opposed to St. Louis, because my husband, of course, is a broker as well. And he's, he's in St. Louis more than I am. I guess he just doesn't love the lake as much or something, but um, <laughs> I also sit on the board of directors for Tri-Lake. So that mandates that I be in town, you know, certain times of the month, but we do catch ourselves running back and forth some if, if it's unexpected. Fortunately, we have agents in both, both, markets now that can also pick up slack if we have a buyer that needs to see something right away so that's interesting awesome. yeah when did you start the the leverage of having people or was it always that way no it wasn't always that way in fact when i left branson um i had one other agent who held you know his license with me but he wasn't wasn't doing a whole lot so I really thought that book was closing and it just opened up with, a, with a couple of um, people who were pretty well known in the area that were looking for a new home. And then it just started great, you know, gaining traction. It um, nothing I really set out to do. So now we have, you know, we don't have a large office, but we have, we have about 18 agents between both offices. So pretty much divided, pretty much divided half and half. Um, agent-wise in each market. Love it. What would you say your biggest challenge is with running two locations? The biggest challenge for me as the broker, honestly, is keeping track, keeping track of the forms as far as if I'm out to dinner and an agent calls and they have a question about a form, 
I, it's almost impossible for me at this age to keep keep a photographic memory and, and know. So I have to always get to a computer or a phone and, and kind of revisit things because you just don't always know off the top of your head as you would if you were in a market that was, you know, constant one set of forms. Yeah, so I can see how that would be a struggle, like being of two brains to know, okay, this location's forms say this about inspection periods and this one says this and you you don't want to like miss uh, explain that to an agent because they're looking to you to have the answers. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's expected that you have the answers. And even when you're dealing with agents from other offices, it's like, well, they don't care. They don't care if you have two sets of forms to keep up with. So you try to do it and be seamless about it. And it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. What would you say um, in this experience, what have you learned about yourself or how have you grown the most? Oh, how have I grown the most? Um, a great question, Andrea. I guess I would say I've really gotten better at um, managing my time and being able to say no to things in one spot, even though I, I want to do it all. Um, sometimes I just have to know my limits and say, I'm sorry, I can't be there. And um, maybe next time and try to be mindful of, of those sorts of things while trying to also give myself a little time. Downtime. Is it, I'm just curious, is it, is there some routine you go through to get yourself? Okay. Now I'm back in Branson. So is there something you do that kind of triggers you to get in the gear to be in Branson as well as St. Louis? Or do you just, Go at it. <laughs> you know, I really just do it. It's pretty, it's seamless at this point. Uh -huh. um, I've got a set up in both spots. I've got office in both spots. And really, you know, am I more comfortable in one spot than another? It probably just depends on the, the day of the week. But yeah, no, 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 no special routine. But it's it's great because you have a, a much wider sphere of, of peers, you know, to bounce things off of. And um, just kind of stay in the game. It's kind of good to have a pulse on what's going on everywhere. And I what think advice? today, oh. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Andrea. No, I'm you sorry. go. Well, I was just <laughs> going to say, you know, I think for our listeners, one thing that's kind of interesting that with today and technology is that you can be in multiple locations and conduct a business. And so I'm just curious. I mean, you, you do do a lot of, Zoom or FaceTime or with DocuSign, are there any technology tools that just really help you be able to conduct business and brokerage in Branson and St. Louis? Or your cell phone, I'm sure. <laughs> but, cell phone. Because I really try now to to limit my if I if I'm gonna be driving for three and a half hours, I'm gonna spend that time on the phone. So that's, that's started to work out really well. Um, but DocuSign is invaluable. Couldn't do this job, I don't think, even if I was in one spot without it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's definitely what I lean on a lot. And um, cell phone, yeah. That's, I have a scanner on my phone as well as, you know, embedded in my office offices. But um, the phone scanner is excellent. <laughs> Love it. So what advice would you give to someone who 
Um, maybe they're they're moving to a new location, but they already have a book of business in one location. What advice would you give them when going to a different location or starting fresh in a new location? So I would say, you know, because I've had people ask me, um, really know both markets because I would not want to try to do this, say, in Kansas City because it's just not, um, you need to know both markets pretty much like the back of your hand so that you're, you're very familiar when someone calls you and asks a question about certain locales. But um, the other thing is you have to have strong people you can depend on wherever you're not going to be so that you have somebody who can show a client or give info if, if someone wants to meet in person. And if you don't have that backup or support, I would, I would, I would strongly think about getting someone before you actually you know, try to, to do that kind of business. Love it. Any other um, thoughts as we close out today, John? This has been really helpful information. Yeah, it has been. And I'm fascinated that how you how you manage between both locations. You mentioned you're involved with the board. What's your advice to other members listening about the importance of volunteering and getting involved with the board? Because I'm sure that's helped you understand and know both markets. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. And, and you know what, John, that's key. It has been for me in my past. I was I was licensed in 2004. I didn't really get involved heavily with the board until about 2015. So the first nine years of my career, you know, I went to membership meetings on occasion, but once you get involved and you, you start spending time on committees, um, you earn respect and you earn, you, you gain a lot of knowledge from others. I used to kind of have that mindset, oh, we're all competitors. Well, in, the reality is we all work together. And the more people understand that you are kind of a, you know, a source of information and you don't mind sharing that information. And that really starts very well at the, at the board level. Right. And I think, too, I guess we should remind our listeners or let them know that last year, Tammy was the state president for WCR, Women's Council of Realtors. Andrea's been very active with Women's Council of Realtors. I'm a member there, but you want to talk a little bit about uh, the importance of that for anyone listening who's like, okay, I want to get involved with uh, the Realtors Association, but where's a good place? That's actually a good stepping stone for uh, to get involved with the association. So I'll let you pitch that and talk about that as well. Okay. Um, well, Andrea has been a member probably longer than I have, so she could <laughs> probably do it as well, but um, got very active, you know, about 2013, 2012, maybe at the local level, but it is such a great tool to have in your pocket as far as um, other, other agents and other states. And really I've, I've met agents from uh, around the country and um, you start building up a referral network as well as the amount of education and leadership skills that you gain by going to the conferences, by listening to the Zooms that are on. It's $180 to join Women's Council, and I'm willing to bet anybody it's the best $180 you'll spend because you, you adopt this network of uh, support system. Not just women. You know, there are men involved in Women's Council, too. 
but they've been around forever. They've got they've got the right ideas. They've got terrific tools. So look it up on WCR.org and if we can help, let us know. It was um, an, an amazing group of professionals when I first got started, um, not really knowing anything. And yet there's this group of individuals who are, you know, they're considered competitors, like they're, they're in this industry also. And they were just sharing all these ideas and like the, the things that I would think are just totally scary. They're like, no, I'm crushing it. Go, go try it. And it would work. <laughs> and so it, it's just like this cool tribe of people that come together around a, an industry, around a profession and a passion for what we do. And I mean, like who doesn't love a tribe of people that just build each other up and say, Hey, go be awesome. And here's some ways to do it. Um, so that I, I, of any group out there, I mean, even being part of association leadership and just having like-minded people come together and share ideas, you are going to grow. You're going to be better. You're going to try new things. You're going to learn new things. Um, so yeah, highly recommend both association leadership and being in Very, WCM. Yeah, absolutely. And, and You'll find Tammy and her husband, Dave, at our state meetings as well. But you're right, Andrea. I think that there's just something about that WCR group where they, they're they there to encourage and to help. And and the networking that goes along with that is just uh, very good. So, Well, Tammy, thank you so much for your time today. Um, we know you're a heck of a busy lady. You've got a lot of stuff going on. And for you to um, just be with us during this time and share share the things you've got going on is valuable for us. Thank you. Well, thank you both. I appreciate it. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Tammy. All right. All right. We'll, well, <laughs> we'll see you guys on the next episode. <laughs>